Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Outkick 360 is back. Glad you're with us across the Outkick network alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. Big show planned today. Barbie, uh, Bobby Carpenter will join us at about an hour and a half from now. We'll talk college football headlines uh, with the Ohio State Buckeye. We have primary complaint in 45 minutes and much, much to discuss in the Tennessee Power Hour today. Gentlemen, what's up? It is great to be back with both of you gentlemen today. Uh, We've got a lot of football to discuss today. One day out from the start of NFL season, but Paul, this is the day of a time-honored tradition of this show, our fantasy football draft. We really let our hair down, even me. <laughs> and um, it, it's just great fun. To get Paul's going to let his hair down and that Band-Aid down tonight. Yeah, he will well, reveal the score. I don't know. Later. Maybe if the ladies want to see it. But we called for estrogen yesterday. The estrogen that showed up um, then reveals she can't make it because she thought it was virtual. Her husband, who lined her up, uh, and we have this every year, people that think... We don't have that virtual. every year. Hold on. No, we don't, not to that level. Uh, Usually it's some sort of emergency, not some... Oh, I thought it was virtual. Yeah. Well, the COVID thinking from last year allowed people... Ellie, to you want to play fantasy virtual. football? No, it's been plugged in. Oh, boo. I mean, la- last year we did it in person. Yeah. Did we? Yeah, we yes. did. We did. We did over... Uh, Sylvan Park? Is that We're going to have eight people present tonight in a 14-person league because <laughs> six others are going to say, oh, I, well, I made it, it was- very clear in the message I sent out, which you both received, that you would be here in person or you would tell me that you're not going to be here, here in person or you will be, uh, I didn't say this, I did not banished from- I did not receive anything because you probably sent it to my old email. I, uh, I may have, email. yeah. yeah. But um, you will be here in person or you will be replaced. There's one exception for a very pregnant woman um, who... Is further along than she was anticipating. There is a guy that's offering us boat rides uh, on here that apparently is still not in the league. Again, I had nothing to do with this. This is all Paul. This was his decision on this. But on on Sunday, on Monday, on Labor Day, I saw this tweet, and the guy offered for this. What I thought was first off, next level troll job of us that don't own boats to do this but his offer was hey guys i just bought a new boat i'm gonna let you guys name it if you let me in the league and i said wait a minute you are rich enough to buy a new boat own one and not offer to take us out on said boat but instead to offer for us to name your boat and he said oh no no i've been talking with paul i've, I've offered boat rides for you I, I mean, and well, I've all of heard your any of this boat stuff then he said oh uh, yeah i'm twitter illiterate yeah. All, this is the same guy that offered us the magic staff, which was not a very attractive staff. I don't think it's as good looking as the I don't, one I don't that, think this that is the Jacob same guy. was negotiating about with the homeless guy outside is more attractive. But Paul turns down the, the boat ride opportunity 
for a woman that's not going to be here <laughs> because she thought it was virtual. She was delightful as, as the wife of a participant in previous in, years, in a, previous a lot of year. fun, yeah. Um, at, at any rate, I continued to, to go and funnel. Everybody's registered. We are all ready to go. It'll be a big night. I mean, how if this headache will go away, I'm going to drink a lot. Not that difficult. Okay. Not that the, difficult. Uh, the uh, average, you know my vote. <laughs> my vote is What do you think out. the, oh, the she's average out. fantasy she football player, out. like how many teams do you think the average fantasy player Too has? many. This year I have three, and I've never had more than three, but I I would prefer just to have one. I would prefer to have one. I have four, two are business propositions. You end up, first off, one of your teams is going to be very successful if you're in multiple, if you have multiple teams. Also, you end up rooting against players on your other teams. For their better team. Who you may be playing against in a different, you know what I mean? Like, it's just very awkward to, to have more than one. You root for your best team. Yes. Really. Now, I have the same quarterback. Now, you know who it is because you and I are in the same league already. But, like, I wind up with the same quarterback. And you try to draft a lot of the similar guys so that you don't wind up in too much conflict. But I've drafted, uh, I think, 13th in one league, first in the league you and I are together in, which in a 14-team league is hellish because you can't draft the best player that's in front of you because you have to think, well – if there's a run of quarterbacks in these 28 picks that I'm waiting for, I'm screwed if it comes back to me and eight quarterbacks are selected. So I might have to take a quarterback right now when I don't think the value pick is a quarterback at all. That's why these leagues that are too big, ours is 14. The one uh, that you and I drafted in the other night are 14. 12 is about as big as you should really I like get. how Chad rolls. Chad does one he, he yeah. has one fantasy on one. team, and that's it. And Smart. he doesn't even uh, sign up for the league until the night of the draft where he finds out His where he's His first homework drafting. was 20 minutes ago. Yeah, you know what my homework was? Uh, I watch the NFL all the time, <laughs> and I know who does well in the NFL. And I go through and I see who – I think we're using ESPN for yeah. ours. I see the ESPN rankings of players, and I think, okay, I'm drafting third. So I'm going to decide between this guy and this guy. I know going in. I am going to pick between Devontae Adams and Derrick Henry at number three. That's going to be my selection. I don't know who I'm going to pick I yet. I bet you Derrick Henry's I've got a, I've taken got a gut decision. because we'll be with a room full of Titans homers. Yeah, well, you're, you're probably right. May go number one tonight. But here's the answer. So you could have You, you have Cook. one team. That's it. You have one team. I understand you guys are in a very elite, very <laughs> exclusive, super secretive media league that only so many people are in that you have to be in every whatever that's fine the titans media league can can continue for everyone else out there and thank you for teeing up my primary complaint for later this is something else based on this my other two fantasy leagues enough my other two are business one fantasy leagues enough it makes it so much more important when i draft philip rivers every single year can't what are you gonna do this year coaching high school football this is very sad but i draft philip rivers every year it wouldn't be special if I had four other teams. Well, they and don't Phillip have Philip Rivers. Rivers. You know, you know f- five straight years, Philip Rivers happened to be a quarterback on one of my eight fantasy football teams. Big Philip Rivers guy. I'm a big Philip Rivers guy because I have one damn fantasy football team, and I draft Philip Rivers every year, much to the chagrin of everyone in our, in our draft oh, who makes fun of me for doing it. it's a terrible pick. This is where it's important. We start, it's going to mean more. You I'm, would have them on every I'm team. I'm giving you advice you know that, that. It's, it's going to mean more. Right? This is I, I, I tell this to my, my daughter all the time. I turn on a baseball game. She looks up at the screen. She sees the score. I say, Evie, who are you rooting for? 
Well, I'm rooting for the Red Sox. Oh, the Red Sox happen to be up six to one in this game. The next night, who are you rooting for? I'm rooting for the A's. Well, why the A's? Every time she picks the one that's ahead. She looks at the score and she comes in and she'll just announce it. Hey, Dad, I'm rooting for the Nationals. I'm rooting for the team with a W against your Braves because they are winning at that point. It's going to mean more. That's a lesson to my daughter and everyone else. It will, just like the SEC, it will mean more when you stick with one team and when that team has success. When my fantasy football team goes down the tubes, I don't have anything else to fall back on. That makes for a miserable fantasy football year for me. But you know what? <laughs> it makes for a hell of a, of a return next year when I come back and my team is good. Why? Because I invest in one team and one team only. You should do the same. We don't disagree with you on no. principle. And I just want to give a shout out to your daughter, Avi, because you mentioned it right before the show and it uplifted me that she is off the training wheels and riding a bike. And when my son hit this moment, he didn't even understand. I talked to him and I said, you have attained the best first level of freedom in life. And he didn't really understand it until he really started tearing around the neighborhood with his boys, which really took off during COVID when he had recess during his homeschool day. And they got together every afternoon at lunch, met at the, at the neighborhood pool and went wherever. And I just told him, this gives you this amazing freedom. When I got on my bike, it was different when we were kids and you could disappear all day just be home before dark. It's not that way anymore. But the wonder of being able to get on your bike, I hope it's something that never goes away. And I hope Evie's enjoying Evie's it as free. much. She's enjoying it now. Yeah, that, when she gets that car at 16, that's going to be a real tough time for yeah. dad. That's going to be the <laughs> real freedom uh, going elsewhere. But also, Paul, it's funny because... We, uh, there's a, a bike park we go on and it's probably about a 2.4 mile jog for me behind her on, on her bike with training wheels, typically. Well, she's on this training wheels bike on Sunday and the training wheel, I kept telling her, Evie, we have to practice you riding the bike because your friends are learning how to ride. You're going to be way behind if you don't learn how to just ride the bike. And the training wheels literally fell off. Like the screws came undone. It was like, like Forrest, Forrest Gump. Gump. Yeah, with the braces <laughs> coming off. They came off right before we got back. So we started trying on the way back to the car. And this is probably, you know, 500 yards left on this path. Could not do it. Every time she'd start and fall over, start and fall over. Didn't make it far at all. So later that night, this was Sunday night, we got on the front yard and there's a sidewalk in front of our house. And she got going a little bit better, a little bit better, right? Well, by the next day, by Monday afternoon, She's like a pro. I mean, she was going down the street in the neighborhood, went to my parents' house. They have a cul-de-sac. She could go all the way down and back. Now, I don't know if this is the case with Simon. Her issues start when it's, she has to start by herself. So her legs aren't quite long enough to get a good kick off the ground and get the wheels going to start. So I have to push her. And I have to kind of set her on the bike and then push her and then she can go until she stops for a while. So now she's about 50-50 on actually starting the bike herself. Where I tell her, because she tries to put her back foot first, and I said, you got to put your front foot to get the bike get the moving push. forward. Yes. Momentum to get the push going. I had going, trouble with that, too. He didn't legs. like the, the low sh the standing straddle. He didn't like but when it, you put the high foot up and go. But I, it also makes like sense. Like, you want to have the base set. So you're going to put your foot Lean on the, the thing that's back and lowest on the ground first. And I'm trying to tell her, you have to keep that foot down on the ground and try to kick off and go with the other, other foot. Um, There's it, something hard about it. It's pretty that. cool to see, and I thought it was going to take a lot longer for her to get going, but 
now that she's going, it's another one of those and steps that's fun to fun Now to watch. you can say it's like riding a bike and she'll know what it means. Now the, the every afternoon that I see her, the challenge is dribbling a basketball. She's playing in her first basketball league coming up in October. And dribbling the basketball consistently is what we're working on now. Before you know it, she'll be chucking threes left and right, not giving it up. So I'm going to help coach this team, and I'm going in with a very Normandale approach from Hoosiers. We're doing no shooting. The first two or three practices, we are doing all ball handling. We're doing all like defensive concepts, like the girl in front of you has the ball. Here's what you're looking at. You're looking at her chest or her belly button. You know, you're not looking at the ball. You're not looking at her head. Like, we're going to go basic minimum the whole time. I could see me pulling a Normandale and some girl chucking an ill-advised shot at six years old. And then and you're going to send her to play out, with the boys? And I'm like, my, my team's on the no, my Get over there the and play with the boys. No, not, not to that extent. My team's on the floor. And say, even if it's four, we'll go so, four. Ellie, go film this, please. I, yes. I, I was half joking for the coach pitch idea that Chad Withrow, coach of the coach pitch team, would be um, frustrated, to put it lightly. Chad Withrow, basketball coach, is on another level as I think through what this is going to be like. Your frustration level with the talent level At that your you're game. going to be coaching, you are going, it's going to be back. So we're two wins away of a five-leg parlay hitting. The two soccer games are going on right now and should finish around 345 Central. We'll know if we hit the five-leg parlay. Your frustration level will be like if England ends in a draw and you throw your phone through this, through this glass. Well, and, and take it away from England. Anytime I bet on someone to actually win a soccer match, that's, that's a loss because the draw is the way to go. I win Armenia-Lichtenstein oh, because you bet the draw. I'll, I'll applaud myself, too. Thank you. I won 80 bucks on this in soccer. Yeah, you went big on that. That was, that was Beautiful smart. victory, Jack. Um, so the fact that we bet someone to win, I'm nervous going into it. That'll be my level of frustration. The head coach of this team is a guy named David Kitchen, uh, who's actually a sports handicapper uh, here in town. Okay. And, uh, his, his kids go to my daughter's school, and they play in the same school. Your schools stick together in this uh, West Wilson Basketball Association. David is one of the most laid-back guys I know, <laughs> and he's already told me that it gets pretty intense. Like, it gets more intense at six- and seven-year-old than you think. And he was not expecting that going into it with some of the parents and other coaches. Oh, and I'm, I'm thinking, sure. if he's telling me that now, this is not going to be good for my blood pressure <laughs> in these games. If I'm dealing with coaches on the other side or parents doing or saying something I don't approve of, uh, could be bad. Neither could of our soccer teams have scored. They're both 20, between 20 and 30 minutes in. Shocking. <laughs> I, I, for one, am stunned. Hey, Netherlands Belgium put up six yesterday. Belgium and, uh, and England, huge favorites. So they should win these two matches. We'll see. Chad's going to show up, by the way, in like team penny gear to coach his, <laughs> coach his uh, daughters. I'm going to start. Full uh, jumpsuit. We had Bobby Mays on last yeah. week. Uh, B Mays. We're going to have C Wit Elite. <laughs> I'm going to team up with Bobby Mays and start my own AAU program. <laughs> And uh, just take off from there. I, I won't mean, be doing. Uh, the sh- I can't imagine. In two imagine. years, I won't be doing the show. I'll be, I'll be running uh, different players to UConn <laughs> on my girls' basketball AAU program because it's so successful. These girls are going to say every five minutes, "When are we going to shoot? When are we going to shoot? When are we going to shoot?" I mean, I, I exaggerate. We're going to let them shoot at some point in the first couple practices, but not much. <laughs> in the We're, first couple, it's going to be ball handling. It's going to be ball handling and passing. When are we going to shoot? Evie now knows chest pass, bounce pass. So I'll tell her that, and we'll do one Mr. of those. Mr. Chad, every when are we going to shoot? It's going to be a while, ladies. <laughs> Mommy, can we go home? He's not letting us shoot. 
You know what? You just pulled more defensive sliding drills for asking that question again. Can I go play with the boys? Up Get downs. over the side, Margo. <laughs> you have to run, yeah, run laps. Yeah, suicides. Yeah. Line drills. I don't like this, Coach. He makes us run a lot. Coming up, we're going to hit some headlines of the day. College football in um, full discussion coming up with uh, some ratings. Everyone was watching college football this weekend, and Chad has one theory as to why. We'll get into that. Bobby Carpenter joins us in an hour, uh, and plus primary complaint in about 30 minutes. Really looking forward to today's show. Glad you're with us. If you're watching on YouTube, we'll hope you'll subscribe to the channel. If you're on Twitter, Share the link, retweet the link for us as we broadcast live from the 6th and Peabody Studios with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. First, Mac Weldon. Sporting the Mac Weldon polo today. You're a busy guy. Stop thinking about what to wear and just embrace the radically efficient Mac Weldon daily wear system. The daily wear system, the selection of clothes rooted in smart design, made with performance fabrics and built to work together. Mac Weldon Hutton makes me want to ask the question, how many days are too many days to wear the same t-shirt over and over when lounging around the house? Because that is how comfortable my Mac Weldon t-shirt is around the house. I wear it all the time. Mac Weldon also has a free loyalty program called Weldon Blue. Level one gets you free shipping for life. Once you reach level two, by spending $200, you get 20% off every order for the next year. And uh, breathable t-shirts, polos, stylish button-ups to shorts, underwear beyond uh, Mac Weldon makes it easy for you to dress for work, leisure, play, or wherever the summer takes you. Buy some time this summer with Mac Weldon Daily Wear System. Paul, it's a great offer. I'm a big fan of the Vesper polo, and this one Hutton's wearing is beautiful as well. 20% off your first order with the code OUTKICK360. Go to MacWeldon.com slash OUTKICK360. The code OUTKICK360 for 20% off your first order. Very handsome discount. Mac Weldon, radically efficient wardrobing. Live from the 6th and Peabody Studios with Yeehaw Beer, Old Smoky Moonshine. It's OutKick 360 across the OutKick network. The college football ratings were gigantic this past weekend, Chad. Uh, from top to bottom, starting on Thursday all the way through the weekend. So five games had an average of over 5 million viewers uh, this past weekend. Starting with Thursday night, Ohio State, Minnesota, 6.3 million average Biggest game of the weekend, no surprise, Georgia-Clemson, 8.8 million average. By the way, Ohio State-Minnesota on a Thursday night, that was the 10th highest rated game in Fox history of, of college football, wow. which is big. Alabama-Miami, 5.67 million. Penn State-Wisconsin, 5.4 million. And then Florida State-Notre Dame, 7.75 million. That was a great game, best one of the weekend. That ended up being second behind Georgia-Clemson. And if you look at the um, uh, three games in a row on ABC ESPN on Saturday, it was Tulane, Oklahoma, it was Alabama, Miami, and then it was Georgia, Clemson. All those games averaged out over $5 million, even putting Tulane, Oklahoma well, in that mix. And you could say the Alabama, Miami rating, the number, is disappointing. Because, and I say disappointing because if that game is remotely cl close – it crushes it the same way Clemson and Georgia did. Um, if you just compare the numbers with all of it, it's the it's the largest opening weekend audience in four years. Um, that Georgia Clemson eight point eight, I think is what you said they averaged on ABC. Eight point eight. That's, yep. that's a massive number for them, and that, that's great. I've got one one contributing factor, perhaps largely populated area of the country. 
had nothing to do uh, and was underwater. I mean, I don't think that that part of the country watches college football as much as everywhere else in America. No, it anyway. doesn't. So I, but I, don't, I think I don't know a lot really of matters. those people were home watching TV and probably had it on in higher, he, higher numbers than generally. Let me give you my theory on this, because this is a question we asked on our show a year ago about this time. Do you miss the crowds? Right, when you're watching football, when football was coming back. Well, you mentioned the Wisconsin we'd game. The, yeah, we'd ask the, the question, do Virginia you miss Tech the game. crowds? Here's our answer. Yep. yep. Yes. Missed the crowd. Last year's college football season was a debacle in, in a lot of ways with games being canceled. And a lot of people moved, were sitting at home last year. Didn't know what was going to happen. No one was at the games to start the season. Then you had 25% attendance at most places as the season went on. It was very different. I, I really got the sense this weekend, guys, a year ago, there was all of this fanfare about football is back. You know, we can't stop football. Football's back. America's back. People want football. And now I really get the sense that football just now is really back. This was the first weekend, at least from a college standpoint, where I really felt like football was back. And it made me think about how much we watch sports because of fan interaction. And those stadiums being full, I think, added to the television experience. At least it did for me. And clearly it did for the audience. Now, you can also say it was an election year. There were a lot of factors last year that would have it down. But I think one of the big factors is people like turning on the TV and seeing atmosphere. Well, like they like said, seeing noise. They like seeing people in the stands. It didn't do much in Charlotte. Uh, you know, and it gave us a, a comparison there. You were talking about uh, Wisconsin and what that felt like compared to what Charlotte felt like. I mean, it was Charlotte was pretty cool. Different. Right? It was packed. Yeah, but it wasn't the same as the Penn State-Wisconsin game. Uh, and you could feel the discernible difference. Last year, you weren't feeling uh, a difference, really. Well, you're, you're acting like it's apples and oranges, degree. though. It's very comparable. It's just Wisconsin's atmosphere was better because of the home. Well, on campus is, is a different uh, – big-time college football on a big-time college football campus is a different animal than anything else. Yeah, I think I would have missed the crowds less in a neutral site game between a Clemson and Georgia if this game was played last year. On a neutral side, I probably miss the crowd a little bit less for that reason. But when you have the on-campus mix of it, I think that adds to it. Again, I just really feel like I'm glad that football was played last year. Do not get me wrong about that. I'm, I'm thrilled that it was played in both college and the NFL. But all of this football is back, football is back. I really feel like now it's back. Well, the whole experience is better. The than whole experience part is so different with that, that many people well, packing stadiums. It also, to me, shows the importance of marquee matchups and what people are willing to watch. Um, and, and for the life of me, I don't know why we don't see more of this yes. in non-conference scheduling because the, the numbers show that people are going to tune in for these big matchups. Georgia Clemson. Think I, mean, I love the match. You've got Alabama Miami. Not much of a game, but I, I'm more in tune with that game than what I will be this week for the Crimson Tide. Uh, Jacob's got this week two list, and for all the discussion about national TV ratings, I'm intrigued to see what this lineup is going to produce uh, with Alabama Mercer, Georgia and UAB. Ohio State Oregon is a good matchup on Fox. Oklahoma takes on Western Carolina. You have uh, A&M in Colorado. The list goes on and on. There are a couple of nice matchups here. Iowa State, Iowa. 
That's uh, two top ten teams. But it is it is few and far between. Yes. Uh, with with the week two drop off compared to what we just got in week one. And so my, for all the hype about the ratings on last weekend, we're about to see a nosedive on September 11th. My well, score Texas app- Arkansas this weekend too. Um, NC State, Mississippi State. I'm trying to think of major conference teams playing major conference teams. Tennessee, Pitt, in the Johnny Majors Classic. It's not as good. There are well, they're not as good because those teams aren't top 20 teams. But those are names. programs that seven years ago names. decided to play each other that are pretty big names in, in the sport. Here's my question though, I, and my app here, my score app won't go back to week zero. What, what was the biggest game? What was the first game? What do you mean? The, oh, back Nebraska, in week Illinois. Zero. Yeah. College football, I, I think, should build up to, like, we've got the defending Super Bowl champs against America's team tomorrow night to kick off the NFL season. College football should have a kickoff like that that's, that's better. The Clemson, the Clemson just game. Georgia Clemson. Yeah, but that's not the first game. That's not You're the saying the first game that kicks off. The first game that kicks off one. should be a big curtain raising thing instead of this tiptoeing in up to that Saturday night when there have been several big college football nights already. I'm surprised they don't do that. It seems like a no brainer. Big Ten has gotten into that game. Uh, they did that with Ohio State, Minnesota this weekend on Thursday night, was sort of the kickoff of the big weekend. Nebraska, Illinois was done. On Tennessee Bowling Green isn't a big enough Thursday. No, night but game. I mean that's again that's a simple move for Tennessee because it gives you a little extra time to prepare for Pitt. You get you on SEC Network. Yeah, at they night. should have a You're monster playing game at that noon. Night. I'm not blaming heat. Tennessee. I'm saying the NCAA should have a huge game that uh, night. Well, the NCAA is never going to have any say in it. This well, is not. This is different between NFL and NCAA. I understand. It's the conferences that work. College that football should have a huge game that night. But let me. Uh, this is what I'm trying to explain to you is the first weekend was odd because Nebraska Illinois played because a game because of COVID that was supposed to be in Ireland was scheduled that weekend. They mixed the schedule around for that reason. So I do think that there's. For years, there was an effort to put a pretty big game on Thursday night. The SEC always had an opener on Thursday. I always felt like it was Jerry Missi- World. Mississippi was State, game. no, not on Thursday night. Mississippi State, LSU played on a campus on Thursday night a number of years. There was typically a big SEC Thursday night game um, to kick off the season. But the first weekend of the year is huge. It's been that way for about five to seven years. I mean, they, there are a lot of Clemson Georgias being played every year in that first week. Now, Hutton's right. The second week is where you see a bit of a drop-off, but this is why I argue for college football. I'm still looking at that list of games, and I'm thinking, I've got something every hour of the day I can watch that's compelling, whether it be Iowa State and Iowa, whether it be NC State, Mississippi State, whether it be Tennessee, Pittsburgh, whatever matchup at Oregon, Ohio State. There's always going to be something on that's worth watching with big-time programs playing. Big time programs, but I, I mean, it's still, you have to admit it's a come down from, from oh, opening yeah, weekend. And part of that, like you chat, said, Chad, is it's scheduled seven years out, which is too far out to schedule. College football would help itself by not scheduling seven years out, I wonder scheduling what the, three years I wonder out. what the scheduling alliance will mean for the Pac 12. I wonder if they'll shorten the up Big Ten, how far the out they schedule those games. They should. Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to if they are forming their alliance that's going to go into effect anytime soon to compete against what the SEC is about to do. I'm curious about a lot of those games. I'll I'll be watching on Saturday. Well, there's we're still years away from it, but eventually we're going to get to the central governing body like the NFL scheduling 50 teams. Yep. That are that make up the power teams across America 
and they're all going to be scheduled uh, early in the year. You're going to get West Coast versus East Coast teams. Then you'll have conferences. It'll be just like divisions, the NFL. I do think we're still headed in that direction. It's going to be a while, though, because, I mean, well, we there's can, a lot of games we under can contract. complain about it, but the SEC is not hurting for money when Alabama's playing Mercer. Oh, no. There's a reason they do it. It still makes them money. Could they make more money by partnering with other power conferences and having bigger TV packages because you play all these teams? Probably in the future. But the SEC is going to be the one to make that decision. Just like the SEC is making the call in almost everything in college sports, it's going to be when the SEC decides to do that that it's going to happen. And I, th- I still think we're a ways off from See, that. I, I think they should do it sooner rather than later and, and make even more money. I mean, the NFL is adding an extra regular season game, not because they're hurting for money, but because they can and they can charge a billion dollars more. On if another you can weekend. guarantee a network that over the course of the five, five college games, Chad, averaged more than five million viewers, what's that worth to the SEC that can throw out LSU, Alabama, Auburn, Florida, Georgia on a weekly basis and they're all playing this round-robin schedule. Well, Texas now, Oklahoma. I still think that because, I mean, every game I'm pointing out here is in a different window. You're not getting over $5 million by adding more games. Well, you're so taking is the away NFL the massive game. I mean, everything's in a different window there. But it's different when you're scheduling 32 teams in one conference, which the NFL is one conference, and one And that's league. what I'm saying. If they go to an all-conference schedule and build out and continue to expand, to me, there is – we're talking billions upon billions to be made off of ABC, ESPN, and everyone else. I think that's boring. I really do. I know you love that. I think that is boring as hell because I like seeing Clemson, Georgia. I like seeing the possibility of different teams on your schedule each year. Well, who's to say Clemson's of, not joining the, the, same the SEC in five years? That's well, my point. But it, you, you form one massive conference and go at then it. Then we're talking more about what I laid out, which is like 40 or 50 teams in one massive conference that are playing each other in your conference is across the country, but it's really the NFL of college yeah, football. Yeah, and I'm not saying play a 14-team SEC schedule. I'm saying load up and everyone join in, and that, there, there's, your, there's your schedule. And it's just uh, self-made almost. Yes. You have a governing body that creates the schedule, and you don't have Alabama against Kent State. Because Nick Saban, you know, played there. Yeah. That, that's, that's what I'm saying. Well, the fewer of those you do, I, I don't, the more. <laughs> we've talked about that's this. That's good for it Alabama. puts Kent State out of business. Uh, yeah. Well. Which we're not yeah, sympathetic I mean, it's to. Not, we're not. Uh, college football has kind of gotten in the business of keeping programs afloat, which I don't know that I completely understand that it's their responsibility to do that. Um, I'll also just say that Alabama doesn't need to play Mercer. No, I think we there are a number that. of SEC teams who need to play a Mercer at some point because the talent's not spread as thin as we'd like to believe. And Alabama is so dominant that I think it's, it's different for different teams. I'd say the same about Ohio State versus the rest of the Big Ten. Ohio State doesn't need to be playing you know, the lowest of cupcakes or an FCS team, but maybe some others would need to play that. By the way, I've got a quick international soccer update. We have a Belgium goal. Yes, we do. Lebowski well done. snow on the YouTube chat. So I'm getting up. Good news for our life. Well, what's England up to? Get that up. we don't know. If England's still scoreless, then the bell means nothing. <laughs> it's we, all right. We need that one, draw to one, go away. One bell for one game. We'll get a bell for the other game. Keep us posted, Lebowski. Good job. Uh, it is a – Ricky in West End points out, Ohio State-Oregon is a great matchup. Yeah. Uh, game of the week. It, it is. 
um, we're just not going to see the games of the week that last weekend produced. And, and here's the thing, right? I think Ohio Texas State Arkansas Oregon is also a really good Ohio game. Ohio State Oregon is a potentially great game. If it turns into a dud, though, this weekend it felt like there are a lot of different alternatives, maybe not concurrent, overlapping perhaps, right? This weekend, if Tennessee Pitt is a dud, you might not have a football alternative to the dud. Last weekend felt like, you know, there's some, there, there are four games on at a time and there's going to be something good in every window. That's, that's like the NFL if you've got uh, in those two windows – and you've got uh, the TV capacity to watch or you've got red zone, there's always something good going on. Even if the game in your market is a dud, you have something else when you're not watching your own team. Poland, England, scoreless okay. at halftime right now. I, I was ready. But, I mean, look, it's, it's very – it's almost like uh, being ADD versus not when it comes to these. We're talking – now we get to preview an NFL weekend, which is also outstanding – but the NFL is so much easier to track because there are 32 teams. Yeah, it's managed. We can know everything that happened in the NFL when we come back and do this show on Monday. College football lends itself to the person with ADD that you could just go any number of directions at any time on a Thursday, Friday, or Saturday and see something, even if, to y'all's point, that something isn't always the highest quality. <laughs> But the matchup of great teams. But the matchups on paper, there are certain games that you will schedule your Saturday around. And certain weekends. With, with, with no rooting allegiance whatsoever. Everyone was watching. Friends of mine, everyone watching this show was watching Clemson, Georgia. But, I mean, I'd still argue there are games I'm scheduling my Saturday around. Oregon, Ohio State, uh, Iowa, Iowa State, two top – we got back-to-back weekends with two top ten teams – Going head-to-head, I know that you, know, you can argue, well, that's a regional matchup when Clemson and Georgia play, too. It's in the state of Iowa between those two teams. Maybe it doesn't have the national appeal uh, of some other programs, but I think there's always something for you. And look, I mean, it may sound corny, but on paper, Vandy was a 21-point favorite over ETSU. You're always going to get something crazy that's going to happen. Washington was top 25 preseason. They lose to an FCS opponent in week one. Having games like this, it's rare, doesn't happen all that often, but occasionally it leads to that game that we're talking about for a while because there's no way one team should lose to the other, and it happens. FanDuel.com slash OK360 is where you can go to place your first bet on the NFL. 40 to 1 odds on any NFL team to win opening weekend. It's just a straight money line bet. The max bonus is $200. So bet $5 to win 200. The deposit required is a $10 minimum. When you sign up at fanduel.com slash OK360, it's got to be your first bet. So sign up at fanduel.com slash OK360. The offer is valid in all legal states where FanDuel operates. 40 to one odds on any NFL team to win opening weekend. Take advantage of this first time offer. And Chad gave you a great European soccer winner. We're going to shortly give you our best props for the NFL season. We've combed through everything, and FanDuel's got a billion of them. We found stuff we like, really big odds for what's going to happen this season. I've got a couple, too, that I just found remarkable. They're not great odds, but I'm just surprised they exist, and I think they're easy. Um, so I'm curious, very curious to hear what you guys have, and I hope you're interested in what I came up with. Join us at FanDuel.com slash OK360. 
360 and join us in a matter of minutes for primary complaint. That's next on Outkick 360. Outkick 360 live from the 6th and Peabody Studios in downtown Music City, Nashville, Tennessee, is where we broadcast from each and every day. And 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer, Old Smoky Moonshine. Fantastic job last night with the Songwriters Night. Uh, and a huge thank you uh, to all of the, uh, the local songwriters who came down to 6th and Peabody and put on quite the show uh, for everyone in attendance, raising money for the Waverly Flood victims. Shout out. Uh, to 6th and Peabody for putting that on, and again, all the great artists who came downtown. Uh, we are getting set in a moment to air our top grievance of the week. Chad, coming up in about 45 minutes, Bobby Carpenter will be on the show. We're going to talk some college football with him. Outkick's Bobby Carpenter. Bobby Carpenter wrote a really good piece at Outkick uh, with just his Big Ten musings from this first week and predictions for the rest of the year. We'll talk to him about that piece. We'll talk college football with Bobby Carpenter who's quickly becoming uh, a fan favorite of OutKick 360 with his appearances. And Paul, in the Tennessee Power Hour, uh, among other things, the Titans have made their, named their captains. Uh, I, f I feel like everyone's doing that across the league today. Uh, no surprises on there, really. No. Uh, well done by the, the, the team electing their guys. Vrabel doesn't interfere with that process at all. And we don't interfere with our opportunity each and every Wednesday for primary complaint. My primary complaint, I realize that there's no way around this, but for programs and word processors, I need a universal copy and paste. And here's what I mean. It, with all these different programs we use, I was on Google Doc last night trying to paste something from Word, and it's just impossible. Microsoft Word for Mac, Notepad, Google Doc, I crave the ability to copy and paste my notes, which I format a certain way, and have that format paste easily. It's transferred easily to whatever program I'm using. And I mean, let's be honest, everyone's using all three of these in some way, shape, form, or fashion. I need the ability to copy and paste and have a font transfer over because a lot of these have their own font names and styles that the, the other program has no idea what you're using. And I need to make it easy. I need a copy from my phone, put it on my iPad or my MacBook, whatever it might be, and not have the, the crazy font screw up what I've been working on throughout the evening. That's my primary complaint. My primary complaint, and we do this every week uh, with primary complaint, I could say the same message every year, and you know what, I will, because it's a PSA for everyone out there. We have our fantasy football draft tonight. It's gonna be a lot of fun. There's gonna be a lot of uh, crap talked I almost said another word I guess we could because we're not we're online only right now uh, but I didn't here's the thing your team is important to you and you only no one else cares about your fantasy football team no one else cares about the battle royale you're in going into Monday Night Football and you've got Patrick Mahomes and they've got somebody else no one cares but you and the person you were playing I'll even say in our league, I don't care about the other games happening. I'm okay with Paul or Hutton coming in and saying, you know, hey, I'm in a close battle. Get it out there quickly. Say it. That's fine. Other than that, I don't care about your team. You don't care about my team. This is universal across everyone 
in America who plays college or plays fantasy football. So don't go tell people about your team because they don't care. That's my primary complaint. My primary complaint is Taco Bell. Despite the fact that oh, I have taco? not eaten there in 20 years, I don't think. Is a hot dog a sandwich is a weaker argument than Michael or LeBron. And you could tune over to the zone right now and hear one of those odds are currently. Taco Bell's trying to get in on this. Note the first word of their name, taco. They're not a sandwich shop. Nevertheless, Jacob, put this up for me. They're trying to stir debate about their crispy chicken sandwich taco. Stop trying to be Stephen A. or Skip, stirring up a debate does not, that does not exist, and get back to your primary job of being a middleman between people and their toilets. <laughs> PK, not a big fan of tacos. Claire's going to be really upset. Well, I love tacos. I don't know that that's what they're making at Taco Bell. Uh, I'm probably not going to surprise anyone here. I love Taco Bell. <laughs> I've never had a problem with it. It's funny because Taco Bell's always one of those places that uh, – Everyone I know claims to have been food poisoned at Taco Bell at some point. Like everyone who doesn't go to Taco Bell, they always have. When I was in 10th grade, I got food poisoned. I can't touch that stuff again. Let me make clear. Everyone's got some sort of food poisoning. So I've never been poisoned Let by Taco Bell. Let me make clear what a sandwich is. It involves two or more pieces of bread. Period. All of these other debates. If you don't know it's a sandwich, it's not a sandwich. Two pieces of bread with meat and other things inside. If you have to debate it, it's not a sandwich. And Taco Bell's not making sandwiches. Shut up. Well, they're, they're just doing that as their ad campaign. I, I know. It annoys claiming me. claiming that it's a sandwich. It annoys me. I don't think they're claiming. Also, it's <laughs> you saying Taco Bell. <laughs> I didn't say Taco Bell. You misheard me. Guys, the show of hands. We got two back here. Did he say you, Taco Bell or Taco Bell? You misheard. Jacob's like, Wisconsin. I haven't listened to this show in four months, so I have no you idea. Misheard. You misheard. Let's ask the guy from Wisconsin. If Look, Ellie, did you hear it? Why did you hear eat? Taco or Taco? Right. Taco. <laughs> that was a slip up that ruined a good complaint. Look, if it you're going to go ruin there. The just chill out. If you're going to go it didn't there. Ruin the it's a good complaint. Yeah. It's, you're fine. I don't understand complaint. going there. Just, I mean, it's like go there, get the order, put it straight in the toilet, save the whole process. I find Taco Bell delicious. You've got a young stomach. <laughs> I really don't think, I mean, I've seen some things that you eat. I think Taco Bell would be just fine for you. You'd be okay. I think you can handle it. it it's, it's, it's grounded up beef. I'd rather, it's, not, it's not really beef. There's something in there. It ain't beef. beef. I'd rather go to Claire's Place, uh, San Antonio Taco Company, something like that. Oh, that's, and good, that's too. good, Claire's Place is Taco it's Bell. Taco also. Bell, though, She yeah. loves Taco Bell. That's her favorite place. Given a choice between Taco Bell, Taco Bell, as I now call it, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> and San Antonio Taco Company. I like to think, Claire, don't correct me if I'm wrong, that she would go to San Antonio Taco Company every time. I, I don't I know. Don't correct me, I said. I Please, you're wrong. I think Please. There are certain, end of, certain end of menu second. items that are available in only one of those places. <laughs> certain menu items. Is, was the the she, toilet bowl special. Was she as down as everyone else about uh, the, the loss of the Mexican pizza? Or is that back now? 
I don't think so. I think she had a problem with them taking that off the menu. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, at, oh, at she Taco did. Bell. She yeah. was picketing yes, yes, and yes, protesting. Yes. Yeah, she was marching. I remember I, did, I discovered the Mexican pizza like when I first started driving. And there's a Taco Bell in my, my hometown. Your I was bicycle driving, or your thinking, car? This is uh, my car. <laughs> and I'm like, this is revolutionary. The first time I had it, I'm like, this is one of the best things I've ever tasted in my life. Didn't get out much to nice restaurants back in the day. <laughs> back in the day. Oh, we, we, by the way, I was down by the, uh, the bombing site downtown. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I had some time this morning. And I, went, I went to have Sorry, breakfast. I just would refer to it as downtown. The you said the bombing, bombing site, also known as downtown. The, the Christmas well, Day bombing. I know, Sean. Yeah, and uh, I, I, I'm sad that it's not further along in the, in the rebuild, the area right there where... Um, you know, right on Second Avenue, right where where the buildings really took the big hit. I'm saddened that it's not further along. Uh, Demos, one of your favorite restaurants, is closed. But th- I went to a breakfast restaurant down there because I had time between my COVID test for the Titans and and uh, and their availability. So I hope everybody that's out of work from what went on down there and everything is is doing all right. And I hope uh, that stuff's repaired more quickly now that they're somewhat along a path. I, I'm with you on that because there's a lot of business opportunities. I know some some have had to sell, you know, their space. Others are just waiting it through with insurance getting involved and everything well, else. Well, my so. spot when I first got to town, Buffalo Billiards was where we hung out all the time, and that's was right there downstairs in one of those storefronts. I spent a lot of nights at Buffalo Billiards playing some bad pool. When I was in college, I once saw Mike Allstott in that bar the night before the Bucks played the Titans. He was on injured reserve. He was injured, not playing. But it was a John Gruden coached Bucks team and ran into Mike Allstott at Buffalo Billiards. Every time I hear Buffalo Billiards, I think of Mike Allstott, one of the all-time greats. How did, oh, oh, he didn't play the next day. I was no. going to ask how he played. I was probably there. He was playing that night. <laughs> he was playing a different oh. game that night. And let me tell you. Game of life. The Bucks lost on Sunday. Mike Allstott won Saturday night. I'll tell you that much. It's a he great definitely spot. won that night. Great spot. How about the Texans uh, in talks to trade Bradley Roby, another vet? Get him out of there. Uh, apparently the Saints, uh, the Saints are uh, inquiring about acquiring um, Bradley Roby. That according to Mike Triplett. Terms of the deal, uh, not finalized, but... He's saying that it's going to be a done deal soon. Texans are going for it, man. Going for it in 2024. He's due $10 million in salary this year. Same as Deshaun. Yeah. They can actually trade him. Can, uh, we're going to have John McClain on again. I know we had him on yesterday a little bit. But can someone explain to me how John, does he really believe the Texans are trying to win this year? Because he continues to say, well, of course they're trying to win. They've done this, this, and this. They're not trying to. I mean, I get that technically they're not going out there trying to lose major league style, uh, but they're not doing anything off the field to win right now. Am I missing something? No, you're not. Okay. I just wanted to make sure because I love John McClain, but I feel crazy every time I hear him say that. So they're the odds on favorite for the number one pick. Who's number two? Detroit is named by a lot of people uh, as terrible. I'm not a Dan Campbell believer, though. A lot of people are impressed because he's so different and wacky and wild and embracing Detroit and all of that stuff. But they're bad. So is Atlanta. I mean, I'm trying to think of who else across the league right now would be the Jets, the rookie quarterback. 
if if Daniel Jones isn't good, the Giants, Giants good. could be there. A lot of people are really down on Carolina. I actually think Carolina's got a chance they, to be a breakout team. Yeah. Well, but I mean, I could see him going now down with the Darnold other side. Yeah. and a, a, you know the resurgence there uh, with their coaching staff. They spent a lot of healthy draft McCaffrey. picks on defense. Yep, healthy McCaffrey. They should they should be better than a top five pick. Those are the, the those are the five. And you know the Jets have Seattle's uh, first round pick also. Uh, so ESPN runs like twenty thousand, you know, versions of the season, and they did a, an interesting story where they just picked like version thirteen thousand three hundred thirty-nine, and they wrote a big story about what happens in that. Well, in that one, Seattle went zero and eight and finished, you know, four and whatever, and ended up with a third pick in the draft. And the Jets had the second pick in the draft. The Jets were drafting second and third. <laughs> which at, is at pretty what point amazing do these scenario. computer algorithms they're putting together? Not just showing you everything that could happen. Like if I run twenty thousand of anything, right. I'm literally Every just putting it on a piece of paper. This is everything that could happen. This team could win this game or lose this game. This is the, I mean, that had the Jags in the playoffs. Yeah, I think that we're, the we're we've hit the like law eight, of diminishing no. return when it comes to these computer projections. That's I just don't care anymore. I do like to see the. Um, what is the football power index? I think ESPN does it. Yes. And they put up the schedule, and it shows. They did this with Tennessee. I watched the, the replay of the game. Tennessee, their whole schedule, they put out percentage chance of winning. And it was like 45% chance against Pitt, 64% against South Carolina, 96% against Vandy. Then well, it's they, like 6% against Alabama. And they do that in the you know, NFL. It goes through every year. That 96% has probably gone up. In yeah. your strength of schedule, and they determine your percentage chance when you kick off the season of making the postseason. I think the Titans, to make the playoffs, are over 65% likely to make the postseason this year. Really is, I think, fairly one of the big mysteries as to how the Indianapolis Colts are so popular nationally. Uh, and I, th I think locally, a lot of times, the questions people ask about the Titans' national perception are unfair. This one, to me, is, is completely fair. The Colts have questions at corner. The Colts have questions at receiver. T.Y. Hilton's hurt already, and you knew that the likelihood of him making it through a season without. And people like Ballard, and they like Reich, yeah. And I like Ballard, and I like Reich. But that doesn't make their roster better than it is. Coming up, I mentioned the, the likelihood of who's holding the number one overall pick. Everyone is saying the Texans, and rightfully so. We should have thrown the Jags in there, too. Who knows with uh, the Could rookie be. quarterback situation. Another rookie quarterback situation in New England that we need to discuss with Mac Jones and expectations. That's coming up. Plus, Bobby Carpenter will join us in 15 minutes across the Outkick Network. This is Outkick 360. Hey, it's Jonathan Hutton. Thanks for listening to Outkick 360. Be sure to subscribe to the show to have the latest podcast delivered to you each and every day. And give us five stars. It helps us grow our network and provide you with more great podcasts like this one.